Hello and welcome back to another episode of the EP Plug Me In podcast. So today, we're going to get right into it. EP Plug Me In. Here's one of my first experiences at performing live as a rapper. One of the first open mics that I ever had was singing. I didn't put any rapping in it. I didn't try to do a rapping song. I wasn't ready yet. You know what I mean? Like I, I was trying to focus too much on how I was being seen other than doing what was more comfortable to me, which was rapping. So there's this place in Sacramento called The Brick House. It's an art gallery, but they are very, very welcoming to the hip-hop crowd. I went there for an open mic, and there was this guy. He was a poet from Sacramento, and he was running the open mic, and it was kind of come up. If there's a spot, sign your name, you'll get called. Where's your instrumental? Do you have it on your phone? Do you have it on a CD? And um, those type of questions were being asked. And so I had all my stuff ready. I was like, I'm going to do these. Boom, plug it into my phone. I had it off my phone. So it was going to need to be plugged into a audio jack. And oh, my gosh, it it was it was a great experience. It, it, It was fun seeing other artists go up there and do their songs. First artists that I seen were these two guys from, I think, the Bakersfield area. It was El Merced. And they were doing hip hop, and it, it was this guy. His name was Sacrilege, I believe that's his name. Uh, I asked Tino; he'll, he'll correct me because he knows him from the, the, the battling leagues. So he and and another guy were up there doing his hip hop, uh, old school boom bap stuff. It was really cool. It was really cool. And there was this other guy that came up after. I think his name was uh, Little Glizzy or something like that. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was little something. Anyways, this guy was way ahead of his time. He was he was uh, on the little train a little early on. He went up there and he did every single cardinal mistake as a performer. First of all, he rapped over his track that had audio on it already. Never rap over your song. Always come with the instrumental and, and, and or just do that acapella. It's better than trying to rap over your actual lyrics, your actual audio. Well, he did that. He held the mic wrong, and he came in at the end of somebody else's performance. What? The guy who was running the show, he decided that he wanted to do some of his tracks, and he was pretty good. So this guy, Lil Glizzy, whatever his name, Lil Skippy, something like that, this guy left. He signed and left. He might have went outside to smoke. So he signed and left outside and came back and thought that it was his time to go. So he goes up walks through the crowd he gets to the front and he sees the 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 host of the whole open mic rapping and he goes up there and starts dancing and starts bumping into him and starts trying to take over his performance eventually the guy gets really really annoyed finishes his song and then tries to reference it but this guy was like no 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 it's my turn it's my turn he grabbed the mic and he goes uh, everybody who was here last week raise your hand of course nobody raised their hand because nobody was there last week but he was talking to everybody like they were showing up to his show again, and he proceeded to rap over his track, and then he started talking about himself. He took a couple minutes in between to, to talk about how good he was, and then he read a poem on his his phone, and it sounded like he was writing some of it on the spot, 
and he he was asked to go sit down. He was asked to sit down because he was just trying to do more than the limit that that you were given at this open mic, which I thought was hilarious. Of course, it goes it goes for my turn my, my time to go. I go up and introduce myself. I went up there, gave an introduction, and I said, "Bear with me." This first track I'm going to do, you're probably not going to be on my side. Because it, I was using the Ten Crack Commandments beat from Biggie. I'm going to play a snippet of that song right here. I am not pretending I got respect for the greats, but I never copy a legend. I ain't stopping this train till I cop me a legend. I'm rocking the Kevin's y'all of Apollos who's going down in the left. But again, man, make it the seventh. I must break your records. Kiss on me, Draco. Take the piss on your mouth, say you're loco. I thought I'd tell you that I won't stop. No, it's so one I see one more time before that slot's closed. So who's the best in the game? I know you said your name to begin. I bet it, man, I'm sure you're saying Kendrick. Now, Drake, can you find a yelling man? So I did that track and I, I killed it. I did as good as I could do. I was actually really, really, really surprised. I started out the verse. It was really good, but I, I usually wear glasses and I took my glasses off so I wouldn't see anybody so I could focus on the lyrics and focus on the song. And I remember getting halfway through the first verse and everyone's like, um, you know, they're like, oh, because they hear the beat. And then they're like, oh, because they hear the beat because it's Biggie. And it's my first open mic, too, as a rapper, too. So, hey, there you go. I guess debuts are important to me. So I, I go into it. When I get halfway through the first verse, I, I have this thought in my mind. Oh, wow, I'm doing better than I expected. I had a habit at fumbling up words or messing up but i never quit i, I just I, I just keep going try to catch it and keep going or sometimes you freestyle if you have to that's why it's important to always know your stuff but halfway through the first verse i had a thought like hey i haven't messed up yet <laughs> and then i messed up a tiny bit but no one caught it and then smooth sailing after that it was really really good i i, I enjoyed getting through that that remix and i wanted to start it off because i figured everyone there was going to be a rapper anyways nobody went up there to sing and it was a hip-hop art gallery, so I knew I had to come with something that could make me stand out. After that, I did an original track called You Know Nothing. I'll put a snippet of that right here. You know me now, check, 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 forget it. You know nothing, you know sports and women, you probably know hustling. Can't afford the dentist, but Jordans are no luxury. Do you support the elections? Are you active in your country? Can't even finish a season without shooting at colleges. Is it the devil or God? Here's the time to be cognitive on getting what you deserve. You're watching on Google Earth and positive. All of this isn't coincidence, falling. It's a hope for promise. And from the over love is those piranhas. No, it's a finest on a potem and dine. I got no shadamas and open toe pajamas. I had some cool Tech Nine arm movements, and I was doing a lot of schemes in there, a lot of multisyllable rhyming, and trying to get my, my lyricism to, to take off when I was doing this track. I had a lot of fun recording. It and I had a lot of fun performing it. I, I was, I was into it. I was, I was, I was growing with intensity and growing with vocal power as the track was going on. And towards the end, I, I really, really take over the track and rap in this really highly aggressive voice. And I got a really big applause. Everyone liked it. They thought it was dope. Got some handshakes, and and it it was cool. It was a good experience. I I remember I took a couple friends with me, and they they had been hearing 
my stories of doing music for years. You know, they had never really seen me perform, though. I was kind of one of those guys that everyone knew was trying to do music, but hadn't really heard it, or maybe they didn't know at all. But some of those uh, friends that I grew up with were the people that I took with me, and they had saw me perform for the first time that night. It was good to know that they were there and I was doing such a good job because they could share in that memory. But it was also easier because I couldn't see them. <laughs> I didn't have my glasses on. It made it really easy to focus on what I was doing and to have a good show, have a good experience. Even though it was a walk-up open mic, still, you know, walked open mic, man. You would drove all the way from Tracy to Sacramento just to make this happen. And it was good. It was a good experience. You know, I'd, I think in my story, in my journey, those moments are my favorite. It's the moments where I get to really test if I'm ready for something. I've, I've gone on to sing in like churches, doing stuff with choirs, doing my own songs, other songs. Um, when me and my wife were volunteering in this church in Los Alamitos in, in the SoCal area, I was doing my music there. They would let me perform there. There was kids there that did music. Um, I, I would converse with the other musicians. It was one of the mega churches, so you know they were they got paid to do what they did. So it, it it was always interesting to see so many people get on stage and try to figure out if this is what they want to do because that's really what what you want to do. You want to get out there, hit the ground running, and try to see if you're made for this. Try to see if this is you. If this is if this is an avenue that you're going to keep trying to go for. Because I've seen people get up on stage who just do not do well and that may be because of preparation that may be because of mindset whatever maybe maybe they have the same experience that i had in my first show when i was at the impresso cafe in stockton california i was singing into a mic with these really huge speakers behind me and when i mean that like big speakers i mean big i'm i'm six one for for those of you who don't know i'm six foot and one inches i'm, I'm over six foot tall they were bigger than me so <laughs> when you go to one of your first performances, keep in mind that your ears are not going to be used to hearing your voice behind you really, really, really loud. It's almost impossible to hear the music and your voice at the same time and tune your own voice out. It's really hard. It, it's challenging. It's part of the process. It's part of being able to hear your voice and not cringe at it and be able to navigate through the key of the track while while listening to the beat and trying to and trying to get over nerves and adrenaline there's a lot of adrenaline that comes I remember shaking in my hand but not being nervous but my hand wasn't used to handling this much pressure it takes a lot to stand up and and try to sing rap dance perform in any setting where where other performers are going just for that reason and that reason only even the performance with that we did further on in the, in, in, in my timeline when, when we were in los angeles and we performed and uh, going up for the contest uh and it, it was going up for the coast to coast mixtape contest we would go up there to perform it was nerve-wracking to sit on the side there was a, probably 30 acts and and it, and it had an outside part and there was just rappers and singers lined up everywhere waiting for their time to go on and of course there was an audience of their friends that were there so there were super biased people in the audience and it, it was it's an interesting feeling to be in LA to be in a, a, a bar room or a place where they do shows and see other artists that are wanting to go on stage and, and say hey this is who I am right now this is the sound that I'm doing this is what I can do and in hopes of winning a contest that can get them an opportunity to help change their life you know there's there's this 
really big tension when talents get in a room and you got people that are making you feel a certain way about what you're going to do. There was even a couple people up there that got disqualified immediately because they were doing remixes. You're not allowed to do that in original song contest because it's it's in the name original song contest. And you just see them deflate because they know that the performance means nothing to the contest because at that point they no longer are in the contest. They're just up there to perform to just get their song done. You know, you, you, you see people deflate, you see people grow and, and welcome it and you see see some musicians, some artists, performers lose it and, and they're not able to get it back. It's, it's an uncomfortable feeling when you miss a beat, you have to try to catch it again. So you better know your tracks. You better you better know your tracks, know themes. And, and be ready to freestyle if you don't have if you don't have the, the lyric in mind. It's fun because it's so challenging because you can't redo the song. You can't say stop, re- let's go again. You just can't. You, I mean, there's people that have. I, you, you're better off being a professional and finishing it out and catching it and just waiting for that hook to come. You know, <laughs> pick it up at the hook and kill that second verse or, or wait for the hook to come and kill that outro. You know, those are the only things that you can do. Luckily, I haven't had many of those moments, but I did have a moment in a house party. There, there one, one of the bandmates, uh, Beater on the Bush, was releasing a project, and we were at this house party, and we got to perform. And I remember I had to pick up these two younger, these two younger kids, uh, Mello or Say, and and Jay Cruz, and they were from Victorville. So we had to drive all the way from Santa Ana area to Victorville, and then back around to the like the hills of LA and Long Beach area too, which are really far apart. That's a really far drive. And the whole time we were practicing our verses, they were practicing their verses. We were practicing, practicing, practicing. And we get to the place and what happens? I forget my verse. <laughs> I forget I forget it halfway through and I have to start freestyling. And so but but I got the first eight bars out, but the the last eight bars were so good. I really wanted to do them, but I only got the first eight and I got a good reaction. But once I, I forgot the connecting word, it went downhill and I had to freestyle. Luckily nobody knew because my freestyle was still alright, but I got a second chance to go for another song and did the same exact thing. I got the first four to six bars out and then completely just tanked the rest and had to freestyle. The only song that I did well was a song that I sang on that we did last that I just sang the the hook. But I still felt uncomfortable because I hadn't done well enough at, at selling myself as a rapper because I didn't. I didn't perform when I wanted to. It's so crazy. I, re- I rehearsed that verse many, many, many times. Performing sets you apart from those who are just writing in the rooms. In this music industry, I've seen people reach success and I've seen people look at that success and walk away from it. And I've also seen so much failure, so much mistakes, so many misguided decisions. The performance is truthfully give you a sense of where you're at because if you can't get up on stage and perform your track like you do in the studio then live performances will never work out for you and if they don't then there there goes so much of your money most music today is based off of touring but you have to spend so much time building a platform growing your fan base finding fans finding followers finding other people that are going to give you opportunities and being ready being ready for those opportunities knowing that when you get on stage you're fully going to be who you want to be when you're on stage part of the reason why i haven't thrown myself into it now you want to talk about studio i've put my ten thousand hours in as somebody who sat in the chair and recorded somebody else and as somebody who recorded my own stuff but when it comes to performing getting on stage if there's one thing that i'm good at it's being who i am and it's being where i am musically especially now being more in control what i would say my my best advice to anyone out there who's trying to perform no matter what it is that you're doing have as much of that process in your control as as you can 
And, and if you can't, then have somebody who you do trust to run that process. In this way that I'm speaking, you see, I run the recording process as well as I produce. I sing, I rap, and I, I, I can handle each area of it. When it comes to performing, I, I want to make sure that I can be able to do that, that I'm going to go up there with my laptop, go up there with my setup, that I'm going to have my own controller, my MIDI controller, a little keyboard. It's going to control what's going to go on and go out. So that comes with a lot of practice as well as I am EP the mind. So I have the luxury of creating an, my own world when I get on stage. So it, it just needs to be at the level that I want it to be. And I intend to make it fully that level. Seeing the growth that I have gone through with performances and having good performances and bad performances. I mean, because, you know, I've done my my original work um, multiple times, enough times to, to know where I'm comfortable, what I'm comfortable doing. And I've also had many performances as just a singer to somebody who's just offering my voice for like a production or something at my church or sitting in as a vocalist. I've done those as well. But performing live, there's something about it. Being on stage with a microphone and having the feedback go into the back of your your head and your ears and it dis it discombobulates you. It, it it makes you feel like like something is is driving. Like you're on a, a a track on a train and you're just trying to get it to its destination. That's what it really feels like when you're performing on stage. It feels like everything is chaos and the only thing that is making it centered and the only thing that's getting it cross to the people is how well you are in control of this train you can see it unravel you can feel it unravel and you can feel yourself trying to catch it and when you catch it it feels so good but when you don't catch it oh it, it can bring you to your knees and it could it could ruin your brain when you're going later to think about it especially if you have anxiety or it can just teach you how to be better and how to watch for it but the only thing about that is is it's just like fighting. You know, if you've ever watched UFC, you've ever watched boxing, you hear a lot of people say, I can get in there with Floyd Mayweather. No, you can't. You can hit somebody in the face. You can put on some boxing goes, but it's different if you've spent time in the ring, sanctioned for five minutes at a time with another person at your level trying to take your head off at the same time that you're trying to take their head off. It's, it's a beautiful catastrophe when you're on stage because you are at war with the mic and you are at war with the instrumental and the audience and the way that they're receiving you and you're at war with whether or not you you are moving your arms right like what do i do with my hands what do i do with my feet like do i jump do 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 i ask them to put their hands up what if they don't so many of these variables that you're not even planning for because the only thing that we really care about is just putting on a good show so it's an interesting and crazy situation to ask to be in but you can really only learn by doing it by being there on stage by having the mic in your hand and by trying to kill a performance and trying to be in control i've seen super good vocalists go on stage and do a great job vocally sore and and not really own the performance because they didn't necessarily feel too confident it's it's so awesome it's so awesome to see those moments because sometimes it really is just a connection with the universe, with God, with a vibe, with a moment, with something comes down from, from the air and you catch the, the moment and, and it can soar. And then there's some times where you're positioning the moment up to the universe and the universe is like, nope, you're done. That's, that's not going to go where you think it's going to go. And you're humbled by it. You know, you, you learn almost at an accelerated rate when you're trying to do 
entertainment. I have seen drama classes with people who go up to do monologues and and they monotonely get through their monologues and somebody comes up with a little bit more emphasis and then it just makes the world difference. But it, it's it's execution. It's getting up on stage. It's making sure that you're putting the necessary foot in front of the other foot to have these experiences so you can grow. What that contest taught me was a room full of people who are pitting themselves against each other and bringing friends to stand in the audience and only cheer when you go on. What you do is you set yourself up to be judged by a group of alligators. They are not there to support you. They are there to support the person they came with and hope that they yell loud enough that that person wins the contest. You understand? So no matter how good I did, no matter how well Mitch did, no matter how well Fonsworth did, no matter how good we did in that performance, the only thing that mattered was if we succeeded to get them to be on our side, even though they were there for their friends, which we didn't. This this game comes down to whether or not you uh, are going to get up when you get knocked down it's 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 a fight against a heavyweight fighter and you're not in the weight class you know like you're you're constantly going to be fighting with an immovable force that is 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 just resisting you because you want it that's what music is that's what entertainment is that's what dreams do that's what these things are uh pitted in our way because it's supposed to be that way it's supposed to weed out the people that deserve it or not you know, and there's uh, an, uh, an interesting conversation that needs to be had about whether or not you deserve something. Because the time and effort should say, the time and effort should prove that. I spend time in my mask. I spend time in my story. I spend time in my songs. I spend time in front of the mirror. I spend time with myself and my own thoughts and how I feel I move naturally. So when the day comes where I get an opportunity to be on stage as as this, this creation that I have become, I can fully give myself to it and own the stage. And I'm ready for that. And I hope that I have great experiences that I can share on this podcast and show and share with with those of you who are listening to it, to, to this podcast, because those moments are the only moments that you really remember. Right. Say I didn't do a performance at all. Everything that I'm saying right now means nothing. But if I perform, everything that I'm saying right now was a precursor to that moment. And now if I own up to it and I, and I meet my expectation and I try to deliver on something that I said that I was going to do and I do deliver on it, that is growth that I can stamp my hand on and I can say this is real, this is reality, this is who I am, this is what I am, and this is what I'm meant to do. But it remains to be seen. I do know that I have done it enough times to know whether or not I'm going to mess up. And I did mess up a lot. I've seen my friend Tino up on the stage at the at the Bean Festival that we used to have here in Tracy and him being like, hey, you people right there, stand there. I know you're not going to listen to the rest of my song, but listen to this verse. And then he goes into the verse and then he fumbles up the verse and those people end up walking away. But does, does Tino stop? No. He keeps going. He goes, ah, but he keeps going because he knows that's the game. At that moment, he may not have hit it a, a nail on the head, but what he did hit on the head was perseverance and the skill to just keep going because that is a skill. There's a, a pressure that comes with singing in church. What everyone thinks that they're gifted by God. Okay, and you can make an argument that we are, but there are some people that use that stage to, to precursor their American Idol audition, right? Let's, let's just be real here. I've sat down with officials at, at churches who make decisions as creative directors saying, yeah, we lost somebody who was our main singer here because he's trying to try out for the voice or American Idol, right? And, and then that person ends up doing non-Christian music, so they can't really come back. But that's, that is something that people use those stages for. Yeah, I remember being up on those stages and having to sing these super intimate worship songs and there being like a high note that 
comes and, and I don't hit the high note as, as good as I wanted to. You know, that, that's weird. It's weird. You see people like with their eyes closed trying to catch a moment and then you just don't deliver vocally. It, oh, man, it's it's character building. It makes you feel like, man, even in an area where I think something supernatural is happening, like I still got to be on my game. <laughs> you know, I still got to be uh, in tune, in key, and, and I need to be properly hydrated. Oh, you know, I, I, I love those moments. I love seeing other people go through those moments. And I love anyone who has the intestinal fortitude to go for it. Anyone who has the courage to step out on stage. I tip my hat off to because I know how hard that is. I have yet to get on stage with my mask, but I am super ready. I, I, I think it, it would be really cool. I, I hope that uh I hope that it's memorable. I, I want it to be memorable. I have so many songs right now that, that I would love to perform live, but I do know that when I perform live, I'm probably going to be playing and singing just because if I'm going to do it, I got to go all the way, especially these days. Performances, what they mean to me is they're the moment that you send your dish out to the, the customer if you're like a chef. You know, they order this. It's what the special is. It's what they came for. You know, maybe they don't know that they're really going to enjoy it as much as they are, but it's up to you to put all the care in the world into what you're going to serve them and make sure that when you send it out, that it's as good as you wanted it to be. Even if they don't like it and they give you a bad review on it, you can sit there knowing that you tried your hardest, you tried your best, and at least you like it. And that's where I feel like I'm at now. I've grown enough and I've grown up enough that I can learn from my, my experiences of failing in LA and coming back home to the Valley to realize that I didn't need to be there. I could be right here in my place uh, doing film scores and writing songs and releasing content and learning my marketing, learning my promotion and getting ready for what really, really makes a difference when it comes to my wallet. And that's them shows. And I want to get those shows going. That's what 2022 is hopefully going to be for me. But right now, October, right now, we're in the last week of October. If you're listening to this, we're going into November, then December. There's just so much that I have planned. But in that time, I do spend time in front of the mirror in full gear, full costume, and I perform. And I get my, my movements down and my natural movements and I visualize a way that I can control the stage without struggling with the control. I think that there's some freedom that you have on stage. You don't have to stand in the middle. You don't have to put it on a mic stand. You don't have to acknowledge the crowd if you don't want to. You can do whatever you want on stage because it's your world for the moment that you have those people's attention. So whenever I went up on stage... I just made sure that if I had their attention, I was going to give it my all. And if I didn't, I just pressed through it. Doing youth music for youth in churches. Oh, those kids don't want to be there. You know, they don't even, they don't care about your kumbaya songs and how you want to make them commune with the Lord. You know what I mean? They, they just care about making their parents happy because they dropped them off on Wednesday and they want to get in and get out. And some kids who are, you know, doing, doing the deal, raising their hands and experience a moment. Great. That they, you know, they're. They're doing what they feel that they should be doing in that moment. But for me up on the stage, somebody who didn't want to do this and was only doing this because I sang well enough and no one else wanted to take the opportunity. It's really nerve wracking to see kids up there not care about what you're singing. So you kind of got to sing it for yourself, sing it for God or whatever is your reason of, of doing what you're doing. But they're all growing experiences. You're always singing into a mic and you're hearing it back. You're, you're learning the tempo. You're trying not to mess up and fumble words. And you're doing your best to deliver. That's all you can do with your skill until you learn to get into a situation where you can control everything that comes out of the mic and comes out of the speakers so when it comes to performing when it comes to my relationship with it i take it as a sacred art 
because it is. I didn't perform once my first time going to LA, but I performed in front of people. They would come over and I would sing in front of them or rap in front of them and I would do my best. And I always found that when I would do that, I would sound pretty good. But when I got up on stage, oh, that's when the real struggle would happen, which is great because it made me cognitive about what I was going to do the next time that I got up on stage. And yeah, you know, maybe I, I took my licks and I took my, my little victories and I've been waiting a little bit longer to go back into the fight. But I have learned on them and I I do have more control over my body now. And and I, I, I feel like growing in that area is super important for anyone trying to do entertainment and do anything. Because there comes a point where you need to really sell yourself and portray yourself as somebody who knows what they're doing, knows who they are, and is comfortable in their own skin. And if you're not, maybe you need to wear a mask like me. Anyways, next week we're going to be getting into some interviews. I'm going to have my brother, my friend Tino, and my friend Mitch all comment on those three periods where I was in LA, their perspectives on being musicians and what they feel about the things that we experienced, as well as their mindsets in certain situations that happened over the years. Because these were our beginning years. We were all kind of learning how to do this on a serious level. And maybe we don't have the millions to back it up, but we all got some talent that can put you on your heels if you give it a little bit of a chance. So, Hopefully you stick around for that. Hopefully you enjoyed my little rant about performing and you can get a little bit of a clue into how it felt to perform these tracks because sometimes it's a struggle, but it's a struggle that is good for your development. So I challenge you today, do something that makes you uncomfortable, do something that you have failed at before and if you're going to fail, fail big, fail hard. Because every opportunity you take to truthfully show yourself and to give yourself to something that other people may not take seriously is a great opportunity for you to look in the mirror and know exactly who you are. Because even if you fail, you still got through it. And if you succeeded, you can now trust yourself with every one of those opportunities going forward. So welcome to the club. We're going to end with a snippet because that's what I'm going to do around here. I bring you the music. Hopefully you like it. This is EP The Mime signing off. You know what you have to do. You got to stay plugged in. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in. My bad habits lead to late nights and in a long conversations with a stranger. I barely know. Swearing this would be the last, but it probably won't. I've got nothing left to lose. Well, up to my bad habits lead to white eyes, staring at space. And I know I lose control of the things that I say.